Hello and welcome to the Pet Healer Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Mitzi Vargas, and today we're going to be talking about medical manipulation or spinal manipulation in veterinary medicine. And I really refer to it as that because the term chiropractic is a protected term. Chiropractic care is a protected term for the human profession. And so I don't want to get in any trouble around here, but is a doggy chiropractor, basically. And so I received my training in chiropractic because I felt that I needed something to complete all my other uh, knowledge about um, rehabilitation, healing on the pets. Um, and one of the things that I found out is that the chiropractic um or spinal manipulation speeds of the recovery by a tenfold when it comes to paralysis or well when it comes to pain in the joints and um, restricted motion in some joints that is the best thing oftentimes is just to do a, a motion palpation that's what we call it it's a physical exam where I go through every single joint on your pets and just move it uh, back and forth, extend and flex back and forth, make sure, rotate a little bit, move side to side, and then make sure that there's um, full range of movement. And the reason is because when the range of movement is shortened, that indicates that there is pain because the animal oftentimes will protect that joint or protect the limb or protect that area of the body. But how come this manipulation even help? Well, when there is restriction of movement, when there's an injury to the cartilage or to the muscle or to a tendon, well, there are nerves and other structures that are affected as well. The, mo the mobility on that joint uh, is imperative for the animal to move around, right? Uh, so they have to actually extend and flex legs and extend and flex certain muscles. Um, but because they're not doing the full range, um, then those tendons might become a little bit shortened, contracted, um, uh, then the cartilage may not be nourished because just even the movement on the animal produces all these cells to to move and, and do their job. And so if they're not moving fully, then they might not be doing the, their job fully. But especially in the spine, if there is a problem with your vertebrae, your spinal column units, if they are uh, restricted in movement, they will affect the spinal nerve. And the spinal nerve is the nerve that comes right out of your spine. And then that nerve branches out in many other nerves, right? But the spinal nerve is the root, is, is the one that comes just right off the vertebrae. And so when we're doing acupuncture, we actually inject, I do inject a lot of uh, vitamin B12 on those spinal root nerves. And it, it helps just not just the skin, the muscle layer, but the viscera, the organs underneath are also 
um, affected when we do acupuncture, do ptuina uh, or do spinal manipulation especially. So the goal of the spinal manipulation is to immediately solve the problems of uh, the biomechanics, the, the ability to move. And then in doing that, they restore the flow of energy, the flow of blood, the flow of the nerve um, conduction in that area. And therefore, bathe the fluids, bathe the tissues with what they need, the chemicals and, and solutions that they need to do an optimal job. A lot of people think that chiropractics in human health are... Uh, not real doctors, and nothing can be farther from the truth. I mean, they don't have the same as uh, education as a physician in in certain way, but they have actually a very comprehensive education, and they're really specialists on the uh, motion segments, on all the areas of the body that move, and they really know it. They know how to manipulate them. They're really good anatomists. They can tell you every joint, uh, muscle, I mean, all the names of the bony ridges and things like that. And so when I took um, chiropractic care, or spinal manipulation certification, I was a couple of years ago, and uh, I've been a practitioner for 26 years. So I went back to day one in vet school, anatomy 101. So I had to relearn remember all of those structures and then it made so much sense um, that certain conditions are affected by the positioning of certain uh, bones and muscles and tendons so i i really enjoyed the course and i really enjoyed the class and ever since i've been um, incorporating this wonderful modalities another tool in my belt for when I um, approach healing for pets and I really find a lot of um, veterinary medical manipulators that are usually uh, acupuncturists because they work so well they're synergistic they're complementary they really help each other um, funny thing is people think that it's probably very painful to have a chiropractic, doggy chiropractic. Okay, I'm just going to say doggy chiropractic for our podcast. Uh, don't sue me, please. <laughs> I just um, For doggy chiropractic um, session is actually very quick. Um, might may take me five, ten minutes to run the whole body. Um, and then it, usually I try at least, uh, you know, three attempts to... Uh, restore the res the restriction, you know, restore that area that is restricted. And usually it might take me one treatment or perhaps a, a follow-up treatment, but it, it keeps pretty well, especially if we avoid the original insult. Why did the animal have the spine, you know, the, the vertebrae twisted to one side? You know, what was the the um, activity that they were doing or why is it the leg out of place um, or why is the neck hurting so much so whatever we do after I correct I try to go over how did this happen and 
what can we do to avoid it? And oftentimes I pair it with some herbs and nutritional supplements that can help the joint fluid and can help the um, pain a little bit more naturally and inflammation. And that usually is enough to keep them, you know, good for months and months. And oftentimes I just see them once or twice for the adjustment. And then after that is just, you know, maintenance with some herbs or some nutraceuticals. And then that's it. That's the end of the problem, which is quite different from what I would have done had I not known acupuncture or chiropractic. And I'll give you a personal example. One day I was doing an acupuncture treatment on a patient that had um, uh, vestibular disease. And she vestibular disease is where you lose your coordination and the center of your, the brain part of, you know, of you that controls uh, stability and, and, and balance is gone and something is happening. And so these dogs tend to have a, either a head tilt or in severe cases like this dog had, they gator rolled. When they st- tried to stand up, they gator roll. So she was gator rolling and I didn't want her to hurt her head. And so I just moved real quickly and I was on the floor and moved in a diagonal way, just a really awkward way. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I heard something snap. I heard it in my body, something snap in my back. So I knew I was going to be in trouble. And of course, you know, there was shortly 20 seconds after there was excruciating pain and I was, it was a Saturday. So I was in excruciating pain and I did my own laser. I did some laser treatment. I did a beamer treatment, which is electromagnetic, um, electromagnetic therapy. Um, and so I did that and it got better, but not just better enough to just walk around and, and not grimaced with every step, but it was still painful. So what happened was on Sunday, I actually did acupuncture on myself and I got it again. I got it like maybe 60%, you know, went from 100 to 60%, but still painful. Monday, I go to my chiropractor. He sees me and he immediately just does an adjustment and it is an instant relief, 100% back to normal. And I heard a snap when he adjusted it, just snapped back in place. And my problem was that my iliocoxofemoral uh, ilio- co- joint, uh, the ilium, which is your, your pelvis, you know, is formed obviously of your uh, oscoxy, your, you know, ischium, and your ilium. So three bones that are supposedly, and I don't know, but in vet school they told me they were fused, uh, supposedly fused to make a very stable bone. And that's what happens in humans. But there, it, there is not a f- 100% fusion. There is still some movement in them. And so that's what happens with dogs and humans alike. There is some movement. There's not really rigid structure. And of, oftentimes we pull it out. There's a lot of uh, muscle uh, attachment to that area of your uh, pelvis, of your uh, hip joint. And so when you pulled in a certain way with the muscles, then they pull out the bone out of place or just a slight. And it could be a couple of millimeters, centimeters, but it just feels like excruciating pain because it's not supposed to be there. So that uh, caused that, that caused, uh, 
for me to incorporate the motion palpation in every single exam because I realized from my own experience that had I gone for a regular physician exam, no, I'm not bad talk, bad mouthing the physicians, but they would probably would have given me opioids or something for pain. It would have probably taken away my pain uh, momentarily while the drugs were in my system, but it would have not done a thing to correct the underlying problem, which is something's out of place, put it back in place. And so that's the same uh, concept that I use for uh, animals that come to me lame. You know, I have to do emotion palpation and see where is there any restriction? Is there a a bone in a place where it shouldn't be or a tendon riding where it shouldn't be? Or is there any kind of problem with the biomechanics of this animal in the gait and the way they sit down, the way they stand? There's so many telltales once you know what you're doing that I can see the dog coming, walking, and I already am zeroing in on an area of the body that might be a problem just because of the way that they're shifting the weight. Uh, because again, the animal will shift the way to protect an injured area. And so how they weigh, uh, how they stand, they should be all stacked, all four legs under the trunk, equally distant, you know. So it should be, that's in the ideal way that they stand. And when they sit down, they should sit down normally, not uh, to one side or the other. And so... When that happens, then you already are thinking, okay, who are you protecting? What's going on? And then you see your own dad, then you do your motion palpation exam or your digiterm, which is thermal imaging, which is, goes great for diagnosing uh, conditions of that are just inflammatory and not like fractures or anything like that. But it really helps me in my diagnosis to use a thermal camera because the heat, the pain actually is inflammation, and inflammation releases heat. And so variation of the temperature on the body uh, could tell us where the area of inflammation and pain is. So basically it's a way to seeing pain. Instead of feeling it, you can see it. So there are multiple things that work great um, that amplify the effects of uh, the adjustment because if you... You could have multiple areas that need adjustment, but there's always one that is the key to fixing the other ones. Uh, oftentimes, if I adjust the atlas, which is the, you know, the vertebrae, the um, first um, uh, vertebrae of your neck, the atlas that connects your uh, skull. When I adjust that one, if it's too forward, and sometimes it could be dorsally displaced, it goes up in one side and lower on the other. It's, a, it's an easy thing to palpate and to see if they're even, uh, they're equidistant to the skull. And if they're not, you know, you can adjust it. And if I have multiple areas of the spine that are painful, I start with the atlas first. Because when I've done this, when I uh, found a restriction, a, a problem with the atlas, and I have adjusted it, then when I go back to the rest of the body, it's all perfect. It's an all in perfect alignment. It's like a domino effect, you know. So if your first vertebrae is bad, then all then multiple others are going to be bad. And so it stands to reason 
to first attack or or not attack but you know to heal the first one and then hopefully they all align go in alignment so i think that the chiropractic care in humans is just getting a little bit more popular nowadays and i feel like people can relate to spinal manipulation in animals as chiropractic care for dogs um, and that are trusting that it can help their pets and the funny thing is we have a lot of doggy athletes and you may not be aware if your dog is a couch potato great but there's a lot of dogs out there that are athletes and a lot of people that spend time money um, and uh, dedication to these sports uh, multiple sports dog diving um, you know uh, they have all this uh, herding uh, and uh, hunting. There's so many things that they do, different kinds of activities that certain breeds are are trained and bred to and selected to do. And uh, they really wreak havoc on some of their parts of their bodies that they use the most in those activities. So, Because if you do a repetitive action, if you do the same thing 50 times, over um then that area of the body is is overworking and so you can have a lot of problems inflammation and you can have muscles uh, that you know are um, injured or tendons that are injured um, especially if you're a weakened athlete um, as a dog you know if the whole week you're working and so the dog is in the house in the in the crate and then Saturday and Sunday is your day to go out and do a lot of outdoors activities with your dogs. Then they are weekend athletes, and so they overwork on the weekend, and they might take the whole week to recover from it if you don't realize it. Oftentimes people don't even realize it because they're not there. They're working, so they don't see the dog lame or laying around and trying to recover. And then they're ready for Friday and Saturday and Sunday again. And so those dogs will benefit from an adjustment. Uh, so again, it doesn't have to be uh, painful or unable to walk or to put any weight on the leg to have an adjustment. The adjustment is a wellness. Again, in uh, previous episodes, we talked about the energy and that we're all made out of energy, that the energy travels in orderly pathways through our body. And that when there's a blockage of that flow, of an energy flow, then that results in disease, disharmony, and diseases and problems in the body. And so the same concept applies here. The difference is the modality. What is the tool that we're using to remove the blockage of energy? So in this case, it's going to be your medical manipulation. We're actually going to move the areas that are blocked, that are not moving. And so, of course, through those areas travel meridians. So in doing uh, the physical, you're going to do the, uh, the uh, energetic. So with the acupuncture, so the difference would be acupuncture versus um, the medical manipulation would be that if there is a shift in some of the alignment of the 
motion segment on the area, then it behooves you to fix the physical first because with acupuncture you could get there, but it's going to take you at least multiple sessions. Whereas with medical manipulation, you can just go in there, move it, and then do acupuncture. So I often do that, you know, after I do the um, the medical manipulation, then I do acupuncture or laser or or something else, you know, could be uh, electromagnetic therapy, something else with it. Then that way it kind of helps. So um, where can you find a veterinary medical manipulator? Here in Central Florida, there's very few of us. As a matter of fact, I believe in the Polk County area, I'm the only one that does that. Um, but there are other people I know in, in Orlando, Cala, um, Tampa. There are not that many, though. So in veterinary medicine, even as veterinarians, this is something that this, this whole area of modality is a little bit new. And um, it actually was in the 1980s when uh, this became uh, something that veterinarians did. Um, there was a, a veterinarian, uh, a female veterinarian that actually went to uh, chiropractic school for humans. So she was a human chiropractor and a veterinarian. And so she thought, you know, why not apply the information from the human chiropractic area into the dog area? And so she was a pioneer in the field, and it was in the 1980s. So again, guys, this is a very recent field in veterinary medicine. And so because of that, it's a little bit looked down upon uh, with the establishment. Um, but I think that we will get there. I mean, it's just the, the more cases we see, um, the more studies out there, uh, the more presentations we do in, in conferences, and that's why I'm speaking in uh, January of 2021 at the biggest veterinary conference in the world. is called the North American Veterinary Conference, or VMX, in Orlando, Florida, and it's the biggest in the world. And this year, 2021, I'll be speaking about um, cervical pain and how to use um, medical manipulation along with acupuncture to have resolution of uh, cervical pain. Uh, cervical pain or neck pain is a big problem because we see a lot of paralysis in the hind legs, in the back legs on dogs and cats. And people put up with a lot with those dogs, I mean, and cats in recovery. They do diapering, they, they express bladders, they clean the stool, they do a lot of things while they're recovering, and most people can take that. And the animal is not painful. They have no feeling whatsoever in that area. And so until they start getting feeling, you know, that's uh, when we work a lot. So medical manipulation for the back is not that great because there's really there's no nerve and there's no tension in the joints. You can't bring it to tension because there's just really nothing there. However, you know, it's very common and a lot of people see it and they are like used to it, you know. But when it comes to cervical neck pain, oh, my Lord. The animal cannot walk. And the neck is so important. It's the beginning of your spine. 
there are many big muscles that attach to it. It controls your head too. So even moving the head hurts. So the dog cannot eat, cannot drink, cannot move, cannot be comfortable. It, the, the, the pets, I don't care how stoic your dog is or cat is, they will scream in pain. And it's a very upsetting for us as pet owners to hear pets in distress. And the neck pain oftentimes puts those pets in extreme pain and distress. And so what I've observed over the years of doing this alternative medicine is that when it comes to high-end problems and pain and, and, and vertebrae being, you know, like this being blown in the lumbar or thoracic vertebrae versus the neck, the prognosis is very poor for the neck, so, which means they, oftentimes the outcomes are not the greatest. Um, that the animal is in a lot more pain, like tenfold, if it's a neck injury, and that also that pet owners have less patience, they have less understanding about the treatment and rehabilitation required for the neck pain injury or neck injuries, um, because they just perceive the animal to be in such excruciating pain, they just want they just want to put them to sleep, euthanize them, because it's just so much. I mean, it's not out of meanness, it's out of like compassion and, and just not understanding that, um, yes, it's extremely painful, we have to manage the pain. And then after we manage the pain, that's when we can, you know, then do, do, do things in, like rehab and, and everything else. So when I was doing just acupuncture and herbs and laser and a CC loop uh, for the neck, I will try everything. And, and, and along with pharmaceuticals, you know, like heavy metal, you know, heavy duty um, uh, muscle relaxants, painkillers, anti-inflammatories with my alternative medicine. It was a true integrated approach um, with laser and everything else. I was still getting maybe 80% success. And it, you don't understand how much it hurts, that 20%. So two out of 10, they will not have any relief and the owners will end up euthanizing. And to me, that was unacceptable. So that's why I went looking for something else. And so after I've incorporated... Um, the medical manipulation, I've gotten 100% in the past several years, 100% of return to function with the neck injuries. Oftentimes in the same appointment right there. Because I uh, I usually do just laser to relieve some of the pain, give them some in, in, you know, anti-inflammatory or maybe a muscle relaxant, and then um, adjust them. And once I adjust them, then I do the acupuncture and then I send them on some herbs. And that has worked 100%. And because of my results were so, to me, so amazing, that's why I wanted to share it. And um, my conference got picked up for that big, com you know, my, my talk got picked up for the big conference. So, um, you know, luckily I'll get to share with other colleagues uh, about my protocol to treat uh, 
uh, neck injuries and hopefully save many lives because of that. So what are the signs that your animal might need a veterinary medical manipulation? And any abnormal gait, posture, or stance will tell you. Uh, if, you're, if your athlete dog is uh, getting a reduced performance or a lack of power when it's in competitions, then you, know, you notice the times are going down or it's not completing the cycles that you put them through or the training that you put them through, that might be a good thing. Um, of course, if they don't want to move or jump or climb the stairs, you know, no numb movement means there's something is really bad. Even stiffness, you know, even if it's just moving, but they're really stiff or very difficult to bend the back legs or the front legs, that will be, um, you know, one of the things. Believe it or not, sometimes uh, recurrent infections or inflammatory conditions, like if you have a, a hot spot in one area all the time, you would think, oh, yes, they're chewing in there. Why are they chewing in there? Sometimes it's nerve pain. Yeah. Sometimes the nerve pain, the nerve is pinched and it's causing pain or it's causing hypersensitivity or it's causing some numbing or uh, stinging or sensation. And uh, they will lick, 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 trying to heal themselves. And so lick granulomas might point out to a spinal nerve dysfunction. And there's something called a dermatome. A dermatome is a unit of skin and, does, and the nerve that takes care of it. And um, there are maps of dermatomes, which means they take a dog and a cat body and they divide it all the different regions uh, and they have the nerves that take care of those regions. And so if I see a lick granuloma, I look at my dermatome map and I look at which spinal nerve is in charge of that and then adjust it, do an adjustment in there and voila, the animals uh, stop doing the lick granuloma. So it's a lot of, it's a wider application for this spinal manipulation that you would think. Um, lameness, obviously, is always uh, what people come to me for, pain and lameness. Um, but again, uh, even infertility, even animals that can get pregnant could be because some of those spinal nerves that nourish, you know, this. remember the spinal nerve is the root nerve and then it branches up in multiple that go to the skin, to the muscle, and to the organs underneath. Maybe that spinal nerve is compressed. Maybe that's why the uterus doesn't and the ovaries don't get bathed with the, the good substances that they need to be bathed. So the effects when you remove that restriction and you remove the nerve impingement, that is uh, a relief in those muscles in the skin and the organs. And that will lead to improved joint range of motion, to a reduction in pain, to a reduction in muscle tension, to improve organ function, and to normalization of the GI system and the reproductive system. So there's a lot of things. So when can I, you know, avoid, which, in which situation should I avoid um, medical manipulation? Well, you know, pregnancy is always the one that comes to mind. Um, 
if the animal has a fracture, you don't need to adjust that. That's a fracture um, that needs other kind of intervention. And if the animal has uh, severe skin disease, maybe adjusting, you have to be very careful that you're not popping cyst or uh, growth and making it worse. But it's very few conditions that will be contraindicated. And uh, the, the important thought process here is to know that ve- veterinary medical manipulation is just a tool. It's a, it's a great tool. It's a modality that we can add on to what we're doing right now. And in alternative medicine, um, I like to say that we do the multimodal approach, that we don't look for the silver bullet for the, for the one thing, that we use uh, multiple things. Why? Because when you have your silver bullet, is often fatal. It, you know, the more you rely on it, um, the less effective it becomes. And also when it comes uh, wrapping a silver package, sometimes it has a lot of side effects and uh, just repercussions of using the, just that drug or that one thing. So when we have an ability to use multiple things to address the issue, I feel um, that is a more natural way to go. And um, I feel that that's really a synopsis of the alternative medicine thinking that perhaps medical manipulation doesn't solve all the problems in the world, but it definitely helps uh, get you your pet in, in alignment and get your pet in harmony and along with medical massage uh, twina, which I talked before, um, along with the herbs, as I talked before, food therapy and acupuncture. I think that those are going to be the best um, plan to, to resolve issues and to promote healing in your pets. If you have any more questions, you always uh, welcome to put them through our podcast uh, email, and uh, you can always uh, contact me at my Facebook or YouTube channel. Mitzi Vargas is my YouTube channel, and I have several um, cases there where I do the adjustment uh, and recorded it. So if you're curious about it, you can just go and look at the. Um, video on YouTube. Next week, we're going to be talking about a um, couple of things about behavior, and I'll have my first guest. So I'm excited because my first guest is a veterinarian from Brazil who um, has a master's degree in animal behavior. His name is Marco Maggiolo, and he's working with, he's been working with me for six years since he came to this country, and um, he's a great animal behaviorist, and I love picking his brain, and uh, there's one specific topic that I love um, to share with you guys, um, and it's about um, just humanization of pets. And so, on a little bit of uh, how the health and the behavior go together, and longevity goes together with behavior, like I mentioned before, you know, a lot of behavioral problems and, the, and animals being relinquished to the shelters and, and dying. And so... We want to make sure that we um, touch on that, how 
the obedience could help the health of your pet. You know, practicing obedience and and everything is a, an enrichment for that animal. So it's always the mind and the body, right? And so how can we incorporate that into our health recipe for longevity and for health for your pets? So we're going to be exploring that next week. I hope you tune in and I hope you learned something today and you're curious about it. Uh, medical manipulation is a great modality. It's a great tool um, to benefit our pets. And so I thank you for listening and hope to see you in the next episode. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. And uh, information about this episode came from my book, Alt-Vet, the Revolutionary Pet Care and Longevity Solution, available in Amazon at our clinic and soon to be an audiobook. So look forward to that. And this episode was sponsored by my practice, Orchid Springs Animal Hospital. And our website is www.osahvsinvictorets.com, osavets.com. There's a lot of information out there if you want some more information on integrative pet healing. And our Pet Healer podcast is going to be available in all platforms. So we're looking forward to seeing you again.